The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. As Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, he taught the peoples in the towns and villages. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? Jesus answered, do all you can to go in by the narrow door. A lot of people will try to get in, but will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and locks the door, you will be left standing outside. You will knock on the door and say, Sir, open the door for us. But the owner will answer, I do not know a thing about you. Then you will start saying, We dined with you and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I really don't know who you are. Get away from me, all you evil people. Then when you have been thrown outside, you will weep and grit your teeth because you will see Abraham and Isaac and all the prophets in God's kingdom. People will come from all districts and sit down to feast in God's kingdom. There, the ones who are now least important will be the most important. And those who are now most important will be least important. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Scary Gospel, huh? Sometimes Jesus says scary stuff. We're going to circle back to it. Young friends, today is centered on you, okay? So I hope you're paying attention because the word we just heard was spoken to you. Spoken to all of us, of course, but in a particular way it was addressed to you. And in a particular way we're all very concerned with what's happening with you today. You're very important to us. I, I hope you know that, and I hope you never forget it. And so on a day like this, I have to say, I was struck by the readings we heard, because we could have heard anything, but we heard that. There's a reason why. We heard from Isaiah, this old prophet. We heard from the very last chapter of it, in fact. Um, and then we heard from Hebrews, Paul speaking to, to this group who knew the tradition very, very well. And then we heard that, that gospel passage. What's Hebrews about? Well, long story short, he's a prophet speaking to a nation who've become scattered all over the place. They're scattered geographically. They're scattered in their identity. They don't know who they are anymore. And they're all mixed up. And they don't know where God is either, even though they say they do. My mic's not on. Can you hear me at the back? Can I have a wave if you... What about a wave if you can't hear me? <laughs> Hand up if you're not here. Um, I hope you can hear me. Sorry if you can't. I'll try and speak louder. Anyway, Isaiah's talking to a scattered people, right? People who are all over the shop, no identity, um, no religious integrity, you might say, because they've got a religious life, but it's like, why are you guys doing that? What does it mean to you? Or is it just for display? God is very interested in their authenticity. You know what that means, kids? To be authentic, to be real, to, to mean what you say, to mean what you do and to know that you're accountable to what you say and do. Anyway, Isaiah is calling the people to that. And, and he's calling the people, it says they're going to go up to the mountain of the Lord for what? For instruction. That's interesting. They're going to go up for instruction. But first they have to be purified. Now you think to yourself, by what means does God purify, quote-unquote, us? Well, the answer is by all means, by literally every single thing. Our family, our friends, our neighbors, our work, our rest, our dreams, everything. Think of, has anyone ever seen, kids, this view, have you ever seen a little piece of glass on the beach and it's obviously just been 
I don't know, rubbed a million times by the sand and it becomes really, really soft and smooth and it looks kind of pretty, <laughs> looks kind of special, but it's really just a broken piece of glass. Well, I mean, God, by every single thing, just washes over us again and again and again, smoothing out every rough edge, making us sort of buffed and shiny and glistening and strangely beautiful, strangely beautiful. Well, that's what God does. And we're more than a broken piece of glass. And so is Israel. But they were a broken nation. Anyway, by the time we get to the final chapter, Isaiah says, God says this, I will give you a sign. You'll be out among the nations and you'll tell them my glory. You'll be a kind of a missionary. This was Israel's job. Israel was meant to show the world who God was. And so are we. That's why we call the church the new Israel. Because we've got the same job, but to a higher degree. And they're meant to do this. They're meant to um, go out and sort of mingle in the world with God's presence. You know, the church has a job. Can I ask you to repeat this word after me? The word is kerygma. Can you say that? Charisma. Say it with a bit of gusto, though. Kerygma. Kerygma. The kerygma is the message. The message. The, charisma, the word kerygma, it means proclamation. You know, go to the mountaintop and tell the world. Tell them what? We say the good news. It's strange, isn't it? What is this good news? It must be good if we have to tell the entire world about it. You know, God doesn't say, hey, tell your three closest friends. He says, go to the nations. Go to the ends of the earth and share the kerygma. This is the mission and the identity of the church. In short, I've got a bit of a definition here from the, the UCAT. It says, this is one of the most important tasks of the church. The Greek word kerygma means proclamation. It was used... It was used for the loud proclamation of something extremely important, like when emperors would go and stand up and tell their whole um, city, you know, the news, whatever exactly it was. And from the beginning of the church, this has been the, the Christian existence. And what is our kerygma? It's a startling message. Christians in the first century were being killed for this because they were saying, Jesus is Lord. You know what that means? It means he's the highest king anywhere. And they didn't like that. Because they had a king, Caesar. And so they'd get in arguments about this. And Christ, the Christians had to cover up what they were doing. They had secret ways of saying, Jesus is Lord. They had secret ways of doing it. Because if you said it too loud, you get in trouble. You get in big trouble. And I had to laugh, finally, when we got to Hebrews. Where's Stephanie? Stephanie, can you give me a wave wherever you are? She's somewhere here. She read Hebrews for us. And it said, what parent doesn't discipline their child? Parents. What would, the, what would the home be like if there was no discipline needed? No, no, you guys, you're good. You do what you feel. <laughs> Can you imagine that? What would the family be like? What would the world be like? Because it would ripple out to the whole world, wouldn't it? That's why we need to discipline ourselves when we're young, when it's easy. St. Augustine has this funny phrase in his, um, in his confessions. He says, we look at a little infant throwing a tantrum. Imagine a toddler getting upset, you know, and we think, oh, it's cute. It's only cute because they have very little power. It's only cute because they're pretty weak. Okay, they tire out quick. But if they were a full-grown adult, that would be a very scary thing, wouldn't it? You wouldn't want an adult to throw a tantrum like a toddler. You'd tear down the building. Um, so we discipline ourselves when we're young, or rather our parents do. But what's Paul talking about here? Because he's not really talking about that kind of authority. We all know what that kind of authority is. And kids, you're not under your parents' authority in that fashion for your whole life. My mum's sitting right there. I'm not under her authority in the same way that I was when I was your age. 
but, but you're constantly going to be under authority. Isn't it, adults? Isn't there authority out in the world? If I want to get to Tanum and I'm driving 140 kilometers on the thing, a policeman is going to exercise his authority over me. And I'm not going to be able to say, hey, I'm an adult now. I don't listen to anyone. I do what I want. He'll say, you can do what you want in jail <laughs> because I have authority over you. This isn't what Paul is really talking about, though. It's not that kind of authority. Paul is saying that in this life, there's going to be hardship. We're going to be under suffering. Girls and boys, preparing for your first communion, hands up if you think the Christian life is easy. It's going to be a walk in the park. Christianity, yeah, sign me up. Cool, you lead the way. <laughs> I mean, in a way it is easy, isn't it? Jesus says, take up my yoke, it's easy and my burden's light. But Jesus also says, beware. I send you out like a sheep among wolves. If you say Christ is Lord, people aren't going to like it. People aren't, even you're not going to like it when you say it because it means you've got to start doing stuff differently. If Jesus is the Lord of my life, my whole, my whole life has to change to make Jesus Lord, center of it, guide of it. No, Paul says that we're going to be we're going, to, we're going to have to make a hard journey, a hard journey. And just like our parents discipline us, they say, go hang out the washing. God says, you're my beloved child. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to raise you up. It's going to be a bit hard, but I'll be with you. Does that make sense? That's going to happen. Finally, I think it all culminates in that scary gospel that Jesus says. And it is a scary gospel. If I'm honest, this is... I have nightmares about this gospel. <laughs> Imagine coming to Jesus at the end of your life. You come into heaven and you say, Lord, it's so good to see you. I've spent my whole life waiting for this. And he says, who are you? You're not on the list. Who are you? I don't know who you are. That's the scariest thing I can imagine. Lord, Lord, we did many things in your name. We healed the sick. We, had, we dined with you. That's this. We had Eucharist with you. We dined with you. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you come from. That's scary. Why would he do that? I think before we get hung up on that, I want to just walk us through the gospel slowly. It says Jesus was going through all the towns. What was he doing? Do you remember? Stuff with T. It's what you. It's what you. I'll give it away if I say over there. It's what you do over there. Teaching. He was teaching. Jesus was going through all the towns and villages. He was teaching. And someone came up to him, and what did they ask? Girls and boys, do you remember? What did they ask? Someone asked him a question. <laughs> someone said, Sir, will there be only a few saved? In other words, in heaven, is there going to be 13 billion people, or is there going to be less? And what did Jesus say? Because it's interesting. I mean, we... we we butcher the words of Jesus all the time. But he didn't say, oh, don't worry about it. You know, everyone's going there. It's fine. He didn't actually say that. He didn't say that. I mean, we should, it should alarm us. It shouldn't make us terrified, but it should wake us up. We think, oh, Jesus said something I didn't expect. So what is he saying? And this is what he says. And you heard this, but I'm going to say it again. Jesus said to him, try your best to enter by the the narrow gate or the narrow door because many will try and enter by the wide one and it won't work they'll just get clogged 
Isn't that ironic? They get clogged in the wide way, but if you go through the narrow way, you get through. Many will try, try your best to go through the narrow way. Many will try and will not succeed. Now, let's just get past that because the fact is you've come through the narrow gate and you're here standing at the altar. So we're not worried right now about whether or not we're going to be saved, okay? Get that idea out of your mind now. You're here. Like in baseball when you run around the thing and you stand on the thing and the umpire says, safe, you're safe, okay? Uh, be, be at peace. Really, I think our focus, and this is for the young people, but this is for all of us, is the question that the guy asks, will many be saved? Will many be saved? Can I tell you, that's not really up to Jesus, in a sense. It's not up to Jesus. You know who it's up to? Us. Because like it said in the psalm, we will go out to the ends of the earth and do what? Come on, guys, come on. We'll go out and do what? Tell the good news to the ends of the earth. Will many be saved? It's up to you. But right now you're safe. So enjoy the safety. Come to the banquet. Dine with our Lord. And then go out and bring the whole world. Because this table's big enough for everyone.